Chapter 9, Halloween Night. The rehearsal room buzzed with a cacophony of sound as the musicians warmed up. Trombones wailed, drums pounded, oboes cried. Jerry took a deep breath, then exhaled. Would Victoria listen to him today? His hands trembled as he rubbed rosin on his bow. Like a gymnast in preparation for a bar exercise, he needed to ensure a proper grip. He ran the strands of white horsehair over the rosin a couple more times for good measure. Hi, Jerry. Victoria's unmistakable voice spoke behind him. He swiveled to face her. She looked gorgeous in her black dress. Are you ready for your big solo? I think so. As he placed his hand on her shoulder, a tingle radiated down his arm to the tips of his fingers. You'll be fantastic. She knelt to remove her violin from its case. But Mr. Vachev was right. The tuning for the Saint-Saëns solo throws me off. I thought you sounded splendid yesterday at rehearsal. She smiled. That smile got him every time. Thanks, Jerry. He fidgeted with a cufflink on his black tux. Victoria, I wondered. He paused. Yes? Do you... Please take your places on stage, Mr. Bachev's deep baritone voice boomed from the back of the room. He motioned several brass players toward the door. Surrounded by the musician's black attire, the conductor's khaki pants and white polo shirt stood out like a tuba in a wind ensemble. Why wasn't he dressed in his usual coat and tails? Quickly, the maestro waved his arms in an emphatic manner. It's imperative we rehearse autumn with Professor Cheng and run a few of the difficult passages in the Symphonie Fantastique before the concert. Ugh, why did his mother always get in the way? Jerry tugged at his collar to loosen the bow tie. I guess we'd better go. Yeah, I suppose. Did he detect a hint of regret in her voice? When Victoria and Jerry reached the stage, he gasped. An elaborate display of pumpkins in all shapes and sizes adorned the front. Orange, white, and even an occasional blue. Autumn foliage dangled from the ceiling as if falling from trees. The scent of pumpkin spice radiated from a couple of diffusers at both ends of the stage. A scarecrow smiled at him next to the double bases. Impressive, isn't it? Victoria whispered so close her breath warmed his cheek. He nodded, unable to speak. Break it up, Franklin pushed between them, violin in hand. Don't you know we have a concert today? Jerry glared at him and then meandered to his chair next to the platform where the maestro stood. A couple of minutes later, his mother's resplendent gold dress swept the floor as she promenaded onto the stage. A comb of jeweled leaves adorned her hair as if to personify the season. Whatever her faults, she possessed incredible stage presence. Images of Vivaldi's Merry Shepherds leapt through Jerry's mind as his mom's bow danced on the strings. Why had she discouraged him from auditioning for the concerto competition? Perhaps he should anyway. Who else might compete? Of course, the phenomenal clarinetist who played the solo in the Berlioz, and the first chair trumpet might give him a run for his money. Adrian would be formidable competition if she signed up. Perhaps his technique and practice habits surpassed hers, but to borrow one of Adrian's French phrases, she possessed a certain je ne sais quoi with her viola that charmed people. The worst thing would be competing against Victoria.
the violin goddess might strike him down on the spot. But he didn't need to win. He just wanted the experience of performing a big solo one last time. Take 15. Mr. Bachev wiped his brow at the end of rehearsal while Victoria scribbled a couple of dynamics into her score. The concert begins in 20 minutes. Please make sure you're in your seats on time. He shuffled the scores on the music stand. And don't forget, tonight is your last chance to sign up for the concerto competition. He held up the flyer. I'll leave the sheet backstage for you. With everything on her mind, between her solo and the previous encounter with Jerry, Victoria had almost forgotten the competition. She placed Saint-Saëns' Danse Macabre at the front of the folder, assembled the rest of the music in the proper order, then rose to leave. Several music professors had already arrived in costume. The flute teacher wore a sleek black jumpsuit with cat ears and a tail. She chatted with a trumpet instructor dressed as a superhero, complete with muscle bodysuit. Jerry nudged Victoria. Check out my cello professor's costume. Victoria squinted. Where is he? Over there. Jerry pointed to a man who looked like Beethoven. The bushy hair on his wig shot out in all directions. Perfect, Victoria laughed. But I need to hurry. I've got to sign up for the concerto competition. Backstage, a long line had formed next to the table with the flyer. Oh no, were all these students signing up for the competition? A glance at the clock reminded her that only a few minutes remained. As concertmaster, she'd have a couple extra moments backstage before her grand entrance. She wiped her sweaty palms on her dress. The Saint-Saëns solo was such a tricky part to play. She reached the front of the line, set her violin on the table, and scrawled her name on the list. When she turned around, she found herself face-to-face with Adrian. Victoria frowned. What are you doing? Adrian stared at her, a blank expression on her face. Same as you? Signing up for the concerto competition? But, but, Victoria stammered, I had no idea you were competing. You're not a senior. You can't even go to graduate school yet. It doesn't say you have to be a senior. I'm sure they let me defer the scholarship to the following year. Victoria's mind whirred. Why did Adrian have the audacity to compete against her? Her sister could compete next year. This was Victoria's senior year. She needed that scholarship money in order to move to New York. The blood rushed to her face as anger bubbled up inside her. Adrian always stole the limelight. Victoria needed a minute to process, to calm down. The musicians had already filed on stage, and the concert lights dimmed. She snatched her violin from the table and stepped on stage. Her mind clouded as though filled with smoke. She couldn't breathe and could barely see due to the bright lights. Her foot hit something hard, which caused her to stumble. She clutched her violin in a vice-like grip. The pumpkin fell off the edge and crashed to the floor. What in the world? Smoke billowed on stage. She hadn't imagined it. Maybe the concert hall was on fire. Her heart raced as she peered through the smoke at the smashed pumpkin which lay next to a black box. A fog machine. Who'd come up with such an infernal idea for a classical concert? After a shaky bow, she pointed to the oboist for the tuning note. Victoria played her open A-string, and the other musicians followed suit. Time for the grand surprise. After everyone else had finished, instead of tuning her highest string to an E, she would lower it to an E-flat. But when she reached for the peg, the string was already completely slack. What had made it slip? Unnerved, she cranked it into place. Smoke continued to fill the room as Victoria took her seat. 
An eerie red spotlight appeared on the left side of the stage to reveal a man dressed as Voldemort. The audience gasped, then erupted into applause for the maestro. He strode to the podium, black cape billowing behind him, baton at the ready. After his bow, he extended his hand to Victoria. Startled by his changed appearance, she leaned back in her seat. Shake his hand, Vicky, Franklin whispered at her side. Or are you scared? Something inside her snapped. She gripped Mr. Vachev's hand with all her might, then raised her violin to her shoulder. The shiny varnish reflected the red glow of the spotlight, blinding her eyes. She couldn't think straight. Rage at Franklin washed over her like a flood. Get it together. Time to play the opening tritone, the dissonant interval the medievalists labeled the devil's interval. Her bow struck the upper two strings, and the ear-piercing sound rent the air. She drew her bow for the subsequent chord and let it drop to the strings. A loud pop erupted from her violin as icy cold steel slashed her face. Victoria froze. Her cheek burned where the string had struck it. The awkward silence in the concert hall was unbearable. What should she do? The conductor glared at her through his vampire-like eyes. She glanced at her violin. Sure enough, the E string had snapped in two. Had the force of her stroke caused the break? No time to worry about that now. Think fast. Franklin leered at her, clearly enjoying her predicament. One viable option lay before her. She'd seen it once before at a concert when the soloist had faced a similar situation. The corners of her mouth turned upward into a sly smile as she held out her violin to Franklin. The show must go on, she mouthed to him. As hoped, Franklin's smirk faded into a look of confusion. His brows furrowed. What? he whispered. Lend me your instrument, she mouthed back. He shook his head. Now. She flashed her smile again and dipped her head toward the waiting audience. It's protocol. His eyes darted to the maestro, who nodded. With a sigh, Franklin traded instruments. She took a deep breath, tuned the E string to an E flat, and began again. <laughs>